0: Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. Amen. Anybody ready for the word today? Come on. I'm going to need y'all's help. Because even though I got an extra hour of sleep, I'm still a little tired. Just a little, just a little. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Get out your Bibles. We're going to go to Mark chapter 10 this morning. Mark chapter 10. If you want to get your Bibles ready, you can probably bring me down the house a little bit. I don't want to be too crazy loud. Plus, I'm going to shout a little bit. I get a little excited when I get to preach, so y'all be ready. Y'all be ready. Let's go to prayer this morning. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. And Jesus, we, we love that you are here in this place and that your spirit is here, God, and we have felt your presence already here this morning, God. So, Lord, as we get ready to receive your word, God, I just pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds and let us be transformed and renewed by it. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So, I've been doing this sort of pocket series, is what I've been calling it. This little pocket series that I started actually last year, uh, back in September a little series that I've, I've simply called Just Like Us. And it's been this whole idea of trying to help us relate to people in the Bible who are just like us, right? So like, um, y'all remember Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus, thank you, Jan. Zacchaeus is just like us. Zacchaeus is just like us because we all feel small in some area of our lives. We all do. But we serve a God and a Savior who seeks after us and who knows us by name. That was the message that I started with last September. And then earlier this year, we took a look at Lazarus. Ooh, y'all remember Lazarus, right? That was a good one. Ooh, Lazarus was dead, right? But Jesus brought him back to life, only to find out that even though he was back to life, he was still bound, right? Just like us, oftentimes we find ourselves in our lives still bound. We're alive, but we're still bound. But just like Lazarus, he was set free. And just like us, we are set free by the blood of Christ. And then back in June this year, I preached about Nicodem. Yeah, Nick at night. You remember Nick at night? Nick finally realized that it took pure abandonment and one of oneself to really know who Jesus was. And just like Nicodem, Sam y'all's help this morning, we must abandon what we know in order to lift up our Savior. So there are people in the Bible People all over in the Bible that you'll find are just like us. People who just like us find themselves holding on to things that they should have let go. I want you to get something in your heart this morning. I want you to write something down as we get ready to receive this word this morning. So go ahead and get your pen out. Flip that bulletin over right on the back. I want you to write this down and pull out your phone and your notes app. Write this down. There's two words that I want you to have in your mind as we go through this message this morning. Two words to write down. First, I want to say two words, two phrases. First thing is let go. Write down, let go. And then the other one is breakthrough. Breakthrough. Turn to your neighbor and said, it's time to let it go. Now turn to the other neighbor who wasn't so loud and say, breakthrough. Whew, all right, come on. Somebody, somebody's going somebody's to get their breakthrough this morning. I'm believing that somebody here this morning is holding on to something and it's keeping you from getting to what God has for you. What are you holding on to? God's saying to you this morning, it's time to let go. You may have attitudes that you need to let go. You may have anger that you need to let go. You may have people that have actually hurt you because of the things that they have said to you that you need to let go. You may have frustrations that you need to let go. Things that have defined you, things that have shaped you. God is saying to you this morning, let it go. And I know, I know a lot of you, I know a lot of us are holding on to things because that's all we know. We're holding on to things because... You know, too many of us have kept on to these things because they're just comfortable to us. They're things that we just can't let go. We don't, we're not ready to let go of them because they bring us comfort and, 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 and it's all that we've ever known. But the truth of the matter is that we can't get to what God has for us until we're ready to let go. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what's been keeping you from the promise that God has for me. I don't know what's been keeping you from the place that God wants you to be released from. Maybe maybe it's unforgiveness, you know? Maybe you've been holding on to it your entire life because your dad left you when you were a young child and and you've been struggling to find that father figure in your life and you just can't forgive your dad for leaving you. I don't know what that if that's you, but you just need to let it go. Maybe it could be exposure. Maybe you were exposed to some things that nobody should ever be exposed to, but you've been holding on to them. God is saying to you this morning, Let it go. It could be doubt. Maybe you're doubt. You've just been thinking all your life. You're never going to make it. Let it go. I don't know why stuff happens to us. In our life, but What do I do know is this that we live in a fallen world and because we live in a fallen world That sin is a real part of our everyday lives. And so because sin is a real part of our everyday life There is sickness. There's suicide. There's failure. There's hurt There's struggles and god saying would you just let me take your burden so that I can turn it into beauty Because I am the only one who can turn this mess into something amazing For many of us god is begging us Let it go let it go but we're not willing to let it go because because we find protection in it it's the only thing that's kept us safe and it's hard for us to let go because that means i have to give over control Mm. if i keep holding on to these things somehow everything's just going to be better and and i feel like i have some sort of control in my life but God says, I want you to trust me that my ways are better than your ways, that my thoughts are better than your thoughts. I want you to turn away from the things that are struggling you and let them go because I have something greater for you. I love what 1 Peter 5 says, 5, 7 says this. Give all your worries and cares to who? What does it say there? Oh, to God. For he cares about you. That means that we have to let it go. To get what Jesus has for us, we have to be willing to let go of what's hindering us. You see, some of us can't let it go. And some of us can't get to that place of transformation that we so desperately need to be because we're still holding on to things that are hindering us. And this is, this is what happens. Life happens. Right? And, and, you know, I got offended. Somebody said something to me that I just didn't like. But it's okay because I can still function. Right? Right? A lot of us are okay as long as we can function in our dysfunction i can I can still move around i can i can I can get angry, but I'm okay because I can, I can still move around it's fine because I can still do everything that I need to do. I don't have full mobility, but I'm just going to keep on to these things and then what happens is life keeps coming at you and you start to get doubt. You start to carry things you are never meant to carry. And you lost your job. And your spouse decides they want to leave you. That was a good throw. And, and we start holding on to these things that we never should have let go. And what happens is you're carrying around these things that you were never meant to carry. And now God's telling you to release it, but this has become comfortable. It's kind of nice. And I start having frustrations in my life because I'm holding on to some things. And I start having anger in my life because I'm holding on to some things. And I start blaming other people for my struggles because I'm not willing to let it go. And instead of releasing things, I become actually more accustomed, really, to catching things. I, I start looking for the offenses, Mm. And and then and then life starts coming oh, wait, no no no. Hold on. No no wait wait wait. I can't uh uh-uh. uh I can't let that go. I gotta keep that. Come on. It's okay. Let me try these over here, these offenses people will be throwing at me. So I gotta get some better throwers in here. It's okay. It's okay, it's all right. Sometimes we miss the offenses people throw at us, but we find ourselves still searching after them. Hmm. I start catching the things that people are saying about me on the Instagram. I go, In fact, I go looking for it. I start holding on to grudges against my family because they're not living up to the expectations I had for them. Should I have had them sit closer. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Come on and this this is what we do. We hold on to these things that we were never meant to hold on to, and we'd rather get go after these things. we'd rather chase after the things that that are in our life and we'd rather look all weird and crazy getting down. no 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 no, no no I can't no, I can't let that go. I'll, can you. Can somebody grab that? Help me out here. Come on. Don't don't throw it. Come, walk, walk it up here. It's okay. Just just help me out. Yeah. Because see, sometimes sometimes our friends help us hold on to our struggles. Mm. And this is how crazy we look. Holding on to the things that we should have never let go of. And what ends up is happening is we spend our life trying to catch the, more of what we, were in, what we were meant to let go of. And this is what we look like. This is what our, this is what our souls look like. Okay, Hang on, because I still got to preach. We go through life trying to function while holding on to everything that's hurt me. And everything that's been a weight in my life. And it's harder, it's hard to do what's easy when you're holding on to what you were never meant to carry. And today, so today I want to help you. I want to help you let go of some things. I want to take you through a story about a guy who learned what it meant to let go. To let go of the hurt, to let go of the hate, to let go of the struggles, to let go of the pain, to let go of even the comforts. And his name is Bartome. Y'all got it. And he's just like us. Mark chapter 10, starting with verse 46, just a short story, but one that's so full of truth and meaning verse 46. It says, and they came to Jericho and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a large crowd. And Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many warned him to keep quiet, but he was crying out all the more. Have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus stopped and said, "Call him." And so they called the blind man and said to him, "Have courage, get up. He's calling for you." And he threw off his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. And then Jesus answered him, "What do you want for me to want me to do for you?" Rabboni, the blind man said to him, "I want to see." And Jesus said, verse fifty-two go, your faith has saved you. And immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. See, Bartimaeus understood what it meant to let go. He had a lot of things to hold on to. He was born blind. He'd been blind all his life. He had some issues. And and you got to understand in Jesus' time, when you're blind, you're completely outcast. You're considered a burden to humanity. Matter of fact, your family would disown you, your wife or your spouse would leave you, your children would would leave you, and the entire city would throw you out and want you to be outside the gates, outside the city limits. And there's a lot of things that Bartimaeus went through in his daily life. Inability to work, unable to have a home, mockers that passed him by, bullies that kicked him and, and beat him, hunger, anger, disappointment, insignificance. He felt all these things. He faced all these things because he was blind. And here's the thing about it. I believe there's somebody in this room, maybe more than somebody, but I believe there are some people in this room who are, who are, who are just like Bartimaeus. You're blind. Maybe you can physically see, but you can't see God with your heart because you got things that you're holding on to. That's blocking you from being able to see him. You're in a season in your life right now where you don't know what God is doing because you're blind. So what do you do? What do you do when you're blind? I believe if Bartimaeus was here this morning, he would tell us a few things that we could do as a blind man who's ready to get his breakthrough. And the first one is this: you have to listen. You got to listen, not to what the crowd is saying, but to God. (laughs) Let's look back at verse forty-seven. It says, "When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard, that means he was listening." when he heard. See, researchers would tell you that people who are blind, they, they have a better sense of hearing because, you know, they've learned to depend on their hearing, right? So they, they can't tell what a room looks like by seeing it because they're blind, they can't see. But what they have is a heightened sense of spatial awareness, Spatial awareness, and so you know they go through life being able to judge a room by what it is by listening to the echoes that are in the room. They can hear bounces and things that come off of it to know and to gain a perspective of what it is. And I can tell you, I, I don't know they don't know how big or how small a room is because they can't see it. And here's the truth about that: is that some of us y'all can't see the blessing that God has for you because you can't see it. You're holding on to things that are blocking you from seeing God. And blind people, here's what they do. Again. They pick up on the echoes. And, and so Bartimaeus is sitting outside the city gates of Jericho. And we meet him there, and he's sitting there along the roadside, and Jesus is leaving Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. And where he's going is to pay a, his life as a ransom for our sins. This is the whole point of what the book of Mark gets to. It's I, I love the way the book that, that Mark tells it because he, he puts it in this nice... Chronological order for us to be able to see this entire story of Jesus and how he is leading, getting to the point where he becomes the substitute for our sins. And this is where we meet Bartimaeus. It's in the last week of Jesus' life. Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. He's heading towards the cross, and here is blind Bartimaeus. And he realizes, oh, something's happening. He hears the crowd, just like he had heard the crowd before. This was the Passover week. And I got to tell you all this. Listen, look, Thanksgiving's coming up. Ain't got nothing on Passover. I mean, Passover was like the best feast, the best celebration, the best food that you can think of. And everybody came to get them some. That's what Passover was. It was one of the biggest days of the year, just packed with all of that. And that's why he put himself in the position where he was. Bartimaeus knew if I could be in this position on the outside of the gates of Jericho that's on the way to Jerusalem, everybody is going to pass me by. He knows that they're going to walk right by him because you have to get, you have to go to Jericho, go through Jericho to get to Jerusalem. And he knows this, but y'all know how the crowd do, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's, let's look at, let's look at what the crowd does. Verse Verse 47. In 48. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many, the crowd warned him to keep quiet. Mm. See the crowd, the crowd is the thing that seeks to impede your progress to Jesus. The crowd is what tries to shut you up. It's always the crowd that tries to stop you. Shh, Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Jesus ain't got time for you. Y'all remember this crowd, right? Y'all remember this crowd? This is the same crowd that tried to block Zacchaeus from getting to Jesus. See, Luke says that Zacchaeus couldn't get to Jesus because the crowd was in his way. The crowd is with Jesus. They've been with Jesus for a while. They've been following him around. Jesus had been telling him parables. Matter of fact, Jesus told him this one parable about a widow who found justice through persistence. And this is this is almost as if Jesus knows. I mean, he does know, right? I mean, he is the God who knows it all, right? He's the Alpha and the Omega, right? He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, right? He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, isn't he? He is omnipresent, right? He is the God who knows it all. And so he's with the crowd and he's telling them these parables because that's what Jesus does. I can't make this up, y'all. He engages with Zacchaeus just the day before. And he tells them a parable. He, he engages with the crowd just the day before, and he tells them the parable about how a Pharisee who was humble got into heaven. Mm. He tells them about this tax collector, not Pharisee, I'm sorry, a tax collector, who humbles himself and gets into the kingdom. Right. And then just moments later, just moments later, I can't I can't make it up. It's all connected. Just moments later. They get to Zacchaeus. And y'all remember Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus didn't care what the crowd was saying. He didn't care what it looked like. He decided that he was going to get to Jesus anyway. And he decided he's going to climb up a tree just to see Jesus. Grown man in a tree. And the crowd witnessed Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. Zacchaeus! Aren't you glad that we have a God who knows us by name? Who calls us by name? Look, the devil knows your name, but he calls you by your shame. Jesus knows your shame, and he calls you by name. So they get to the gates of Jericho, and there's Bartimaeus. And here's the funny thing that a lot of people miss in this story. Go look it up. Not a single other blind person that was healed was called by name. Mm. Jesus knows his name. And they get to the get to that and, and, and Bartimaeus cries out and the crowd says, Shh! Keep quiet. What, what is it about the crowd that always wants to get in the way of people getting to a savior? But you know what, Bartimaeus? <laughs> he wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. Mm-mm, nope. I'm not listening to that crowd today. Nope. Mm-mm, that's not what I just heard. I heard about the Jesus that heals. I heard about the Jesus that performs miracles. I heard about the Jesus that is compassionate, a Jesus that has grace, a Jesus that heals the incurable, a Jesus that loves the unlovable. Is this the Jesus that welcomes the outcast? And he begins to think, Hmm, I think this is that Jesus And the faith inside of him begins to build up. And he's thinking, okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is the same Jesus that told a a man, stretch out your arm and you'll be healed. And he's thinking, this is the same Jesus that when they lowered this handicapped friend down from the roof, that he told him to pick up your mat, you are healed. This is the same Jesus that cast out legions of demons and walked on water. This is the same Jesus that fed 5,000 and healed the woman who touched the hem of her garment. This is the Jesus who raised the girl from the dead. This is that Jesus. He's here right now. And Bartimaeus is thinking, if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. See, Bartimaeus couldn't see Jesus, but he heard about him. And as the crowd was walking by, he decided, no, I'm not listening to that noise today. I'm not listening to the hurt and the pain and the struggles. I'm not listening to that today. he starts listening to them telling him about Jesus. And he picks up on it. And I got to tell you, If you're here today and you feel like you you can't see what you need to see, can I tell you, you need to put yourself in a position where you can hear what you need to hear. That's why it's so important to come to church. That's why it's so important to get involved in a connect group. Hello? (laughs) Hello? Stop holding on to stuff that the crowd is saying. Let go of what they are saying and start listening to what God is saying. If you're here today and you can't see God in your marriage, surround yourself where God has worked in somebody's marriage who's done a miracle in their marriage. If you're dealing with addiction, surround yourself with somebody who's been freed from addiction. Come on. If you, if you don't have clarity for your children, maybe, maybe your children, maybe they've walked away from the church. If you don't have clarity for that, surround yourself with people whose prodigal son has came home and they could tell you about the miracle that Jesus did in their life. Stop listening to the crowd that's telling you to be quiet. Stop holding on to the lies that the enemy is telling you. Oh, but, but Pastor Chris, you don't understand. Some of those things, I just, I just can't let go of. They've... Let's try that again. They've, they've built scars in my life. Wait, no, no, no. No, no I can't let that go. Mm-mm. No, not my family. They never believed in me. I mm, can't let that go. Come on. I, I got some deep scars, Pastor Chris. I've got some things that, man, just cut me deep. Listen, we've all got scars from various things that have happened in our lives. Can I tell you? I know from spiritually, emotionally, and physically, because I had surgery on my shoulder, <laughs> scar tissue is the worst. You could be having a great day and then all of a sudden discomfort, itchiness, sometimes pain begins to take root. And this is what Bartimaeus is dealing with. For years, for years, he has sat at the gate of Jericho, blinded, outcast, scarred. And as people passed him by, they called him names. You're worthless. You're nobody. You don't matter. You can't come in the city. Mm-mm. Scars, broken. And every once in a while, those scars would take root. Come on, come on, don't act like you ain't still holding on to something that somebody said about you ten years ago. <laughs> Appreciate that, because while he's being real, some of y'all wearing masks. You could be having a great day and then all of a sudden those lies start to pop up. You're a liar. You cheated. You're not good enough. You ain't worth it. You'll never make it. All these things start to happen in your life. Can I tell you that's all it is? It's noise. That's all it is, is noise. See, the crowd will try to tell you that you're not worth it, but I know a God who says you're worth it all. I know a God who paid the price as a Savior for our sins on the cross, and he says you're worth it all. And I've traded my scars for your scars. Oh, that's what Jesus did for us. And the thing about the crowd is the crowd will always be there. The crowd always going to be there. We all have crowds. We're always going to have crowds around us. But the crowds can't grasp what God is trying to do in your life. They don't get it. So why are you holding on to what they're saying? Let it go. You've got to push through the noise just like Bartimaeus did. You've got to push through to get to your breakthrough. Mm. So he ignored the crowd, and he sought after a Savior he so desperately needed, and the crowd tried to shut him up. But he said, I ain't having that. not listen to that. And he cried out all the more. And this, this brings me to my second point second thing that Bartimaeus would tell us to do is to pray. Pray like a blind man. Let's look at it in verse 46 again. They came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a large crowd. And Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to what? To shout. To cry out. That's prayer. Prayer is when we cry out to God. He begins to cry out. Mm, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh uh. Cut from the middle school baseball team. No, 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 I got to, I can't let that go. Hold on. Oh no, 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 no. I can't let that go. Y'all see how crazy we look sometimes? Chasing after the things that we should have let go a long time ago? Okay, hold on, let me get back to what I was saying. <laughs> Here's the prayer of a blind. That's right, I'm going to come back to that. It's not very far away. See, sometimes we let things go. And then we tend to go back to them. Mm-hmm. Here's a prayer of a blind man. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Many in the crowd, they told him to be quiet. And you know what he did? He got even louder. And he said, Son of David, have mercy on me! Exclamation point. Some of us need to read the Bible like it's written. (laughs) He got loud. And you know, as Christians, we're supposed to pray, right? We all know we're supposed to pray, right? Like I've never been in church where a pastor has preached a message on prayer, right? And then out in the foyer, hear people go, hey, did you know that as Christians, we're supposed to pray? I didn't know we were supposed to pray. Did you know we were supposed to pray? I've never heard anybody say that. We all know we're supposed to pray. But oftentimes we don't pray like we're supposed to pray. We all have different prayers that we like to pray. I mean, you know, in the morning, right? Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will, like that's a good prayer, right? Nothing wrong with that. Maybe at night you're tucking the kids in the bed, right? And you're like, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's a good prayer. It teaches our kids how to pray, right? Or maybe before a meal, thank you, Jesus, for this mess. I hope that it will be blessed, right? Or my favorite, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Whoever eats the fastest eats the most. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one for Thanksgiving right there, right? And some people go all like 1600s, right? Heavenly Father, I beseech thee on behalf of my brethren, right? We have all these different types of prayers that we pray. And there's a time where we need to pray those kind of prayers. And there's a time where we need to be reverent before a holy God. Sometimes that we need to be silent meditating on his word. But when you're a blind man looking for a breakthrough, hello, that's not the time when you're ready to let go of what God, what you have in your life that's been holding you back, when you're ready to be in a place where you can get a breakthrough, you got to pray like a blind man. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, I can't see you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come through for me. You got to pray. You got to cry out. You see, a lot of people, a lot of people don't pray like a blind man. If we're honest, a lot of us pray like the crowd. Mm. The crowd told Bartimaeus, be quiet. Shh. God doesn't answer your prayers. It's harder than it looks to hold on to the things that you've been holding on to. And, you know, we start, we start thinking, okay. We start hearing other people say, you can't play that worship music here. Mm-mm. Come here, mother.'" No. Right, or or or, be quiet. You look ridiculous. Don't don't be praying like that. Almost had it. Almost had it. you can't pray like that here. Why are you praying like that? If God wanted to answer your prayer, He'd have done it already. Just give up. Just quit. Don't pray like that. And many of us think that's how prayers work. God didn't answer my prayer, so I guess prayer just doesn't work. Prayer just doesn't work. I've tried everything. Prayer doesn't work. We view prayer a lot like the crowd. And that's why so many of us can never get to our breakthrough because we think of prayer like a crowd. We think we we just have to be quiet about it. We just have to shut up. It's not going to work. I might as well stop praying because I've already prayed about it and and God's not answered it, so he must not be listening. But that's not what the blind man does. A blind man gets louder. See, because blind men understand that even when we can't see him, he hears us. I truly believe that God answers answers every prayer that we pray. You want to know how I know? Because God is a father. And four years ago, I became a father. And when I became a father, I really began to understand what it meant for God to answer prayers and how he handles our prayers. Parents, uh, where are my parents at? Raise your hand. Parents, where are you at? Um, Do your kids ask you for things? All the time. Is it a little annoying sometimes? Yeah. Right? But as a parent, we know that there's always three answers that we give to our kids. Yes, no, and not yet. Yes, no, and not yet. Daddy, but I want that Spider-Man toy. Not yet. Daddy, can we stay up and watch YouTube? No. Daddy, can we play? yes daddy can we do this daddy can we do that daddy can i have this daddy can i have that and we have these different answers for him yes no and not yet and a lot of you are saying no when god is really saying not yet Hmm. why are you saying no when god didn't say no right jesus didn't say no he didn't say anything which is just an invitation for you to keep praying every not yet is a yes waiting to happen How long do I keep praying? Did you get a yes? Did you get a no? Then you keep praying until you get a yes or you get a no. Did you get a miracle yet? You keep praying. Did, how long do I keep praying for? Pray until you get it. Blind men don't give up. Blind men don't stop praying. They get louder. Keep praying. Keep praying. Did you get your miracle yet? Keep praying. Did you receive healing yet? Keep praying. Can you see yet? Keep praying. Did you get a no? That's not, uh, that's a not yet. So you just keep praying. You, keep praying. you keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus knows that if you're going to let if you're going to let go of what's been holding on to you you got to listen not to the crowd but you got to listen to God you got to listen to God and if you want your breakthrough you got to pray like a blind, uh, like a blind man you just got to cry out to him it's okay it's all right don't care what anybody else is saying about it you just go after God and finally he knows that for you to let go you need to step out when Jesus calls you out hmm. i want my worship team to go ahead and come you got to step out when Jesus calls you out see See, Jesus does what he always does. He knows how to get us in a position where we are ready to receive what he has in store for us. And, and, and how many of you know that if you are in the wrong position, you're never going to receive what God has for you? You can pray all day long for something to happen, but it ain't going to come until you're in the right position. The Bible says God orders our steps, and even though he has something specific in store for us, we're never going to receive it until God gets us exactly where he wants us. This is Bartimaeus. Look at verse 49 and 50. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, Have courage. Get up. He's calling for you. So he threw off his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. on, on. Wait Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've said this before, and I think I'll probably say it every time I preach. Jesus, Jesus, he's savage. He, he really is. Like, y'all need to read the Bible again and think of it this way. Jesus is, is savage, and that's okay. It's not a bad thing. It's an okay thing. See, Jesus said, tell Bartimaeus to come to me. He's blind he's blind, but this is how Jesus does us, right? So, so, so because here, this is what happens. Get that big ball and bring it over to me. This is what happens. If Jesus comes to us, we're not in a position where we're ready to let go and receive the bigger blessing that he has for us. Hmm. Just hang on right there for a second. When we aren't ready to let go and receive it, we ain't going to get our breakthrough. Y'all, y'all got to get this. Y'all got to get this. We have to be We have a role to play. We have to be willing to let go. And God understands this. God knows that he can't get you to your breakthrough if you're still holding on to the things that you've been through. And so part of what our role is, is we have to play a part. And we have to understand that we have our part to do and th- to let go. So for Bartimaeus, for Bartimaeus he, has, he has a big decision to make. Jesus called him and he's, he's got a decision now. Hmm. Jesus, Jesus is calling me what am I going to do? Will I stay here and hold on to the hurts and the past struggles and the past offenses? Or will I obey? Bartimaeus, he could have stayed. He had every reason to stay. He could have said, no, 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 Jesus, you come to me. I'm blind. I mean, how in the world is he going to get to Jesus anyway? Y'all got to understand how my brain works, okay? This is how I pictured it. Bartimaeus is there. Jesus calls him, and he's like, Jesus, where are you? Maybe he's like, Marco, Polo. Or maybe he's like, Jesus, Christ. How's he going to get to Jesus? He's blind. And he could have stayed there. And it sounds kind of cruel for Jesus to do that, but this is how Jesus does us. Jesus asks us to do the hard things all the time. Do I want my miracle? I've got to step out. Do I want to have joy in my life? I've got to step out. Do I want to let go of the pain and the hurt and the struggles? I've got to be willing to step out. Do I want to stay where where the comfort is? No. So I've got to step out. We have to be willing to step out. Because even in the depths of our deepest struggles, God requires us to take the first step of faith. He had a choice to make. If I get up, I'm going to lose my beggar spot. It's comfortable here. Matter of fact, by law, the Jews have to take care of me as they pass me by. Why should I leave? The world tells me I have every right to hold on to these offenses. I can keep them. It's comfortable here. In verse 50, there's something very important that we need to take a look at something that Bartimaeus did. In verse 50, it says that Bartimaeus threw off his cloak. Another version says, cast off. In other words, he let it go. Why is this important? See, because in the Bible, in biblical times, your cloak was your identity. It's how people knew who you were at first glance, whether your cloak whatever, however your cloak looked, it's what told your story. Whether you were rich, whether you were poor, whether it was clean, whether it was dirty, your cloak even differed depending on your age or your sex or your class or your occupation. It might have been sewed up, you know, in the form of a robe or it might have been worn loose like a Roman toga, but whatever it was, it was a cloak that identified you. And Bartimaeus's cloak was tattered. It was dirty. It smelled bad. It was covered in dust from sitting day after day after day as a beggar collecting all the things, all the hurt, all the pain, all the struggles. But you know what else his cloak was? His cloak was indispensable to him. It covered him and it kept him warm. You know, oftentimes the things that we face in our lives keep us comfortable, keep us warm. They identify us, they represent the hurt, the pain the suffering, the very thing. And sometimes it even, even this, sometimes it even represents the small blessings that we get in our life. Artemis, why would you let go of something so important? Because he understood that in order to get to his breakthrough, he had to be willing to let go of the very thing that incorrectly identified him his entire life. And in one swift motion, he let go of everything that was hindering him. Now, now I'm in a position to receive the blessing and the breakthrough that God has for me. But Pastor Chris, it's hard to come to church sometimes when I'm tired. Yeah. But we do it anyway because it puts me in a position where I can hear from God. But Pastor Chris, it's hard to lift my hands and worship sometimes and just praise Him when I'm dealing with anger and when I'm dealing with unforgiveness. Yeah, it is. But it puts us in a position where we are ready to receive God's blessing for us. I'm going to do it anyways because when I let go of the incorrect, incompatible, inconsistent things that have identified me my entire life, here's what happens. Watch this. I step into the blessing the power, the comfort of the Holy Spirit that sustains me for all eternity. And then check this out. Come on, let's start, start throwing these. Grab some more. Look, this, this is what happens. This is what happens. Come on, just, just start throwing them. Come on, come on, come on. This is what happens. When we step in to our breakthrough, we step into the blessing that God has for us I don't have to deal with that anymore. I don't have to deal with that pain no more. I don't have to deal with that struggle anymore. I don't have to deal with that unforgiveness anymore. I don't have to deal with that neighbor or that family member. I don't have to deal with it anymore because I've let it go. And I've received my blessing. I've received my breakthrough. And Bartimaeus let go of what represented him the most. And here's the thing. Bartimaeus, he didn't receive his blessing because he didn't receive his sight. He didn't He didn't get healed because that's what he asked Jesus to do. Verse 52, this is key. Throw, throw verse 52 back up there, Juanita. This is key. It says, look at it. It says, go for your, your faith has healed you. Ah, There it is. See, we've been talking about faith these last couple of weeks, right? And in Hebrews chapter 11, it It tells us that faith is confidence in what we hope for. Did Bartimaeus know that he was going to be healed? No. But he had confidence in what he hoped for. (laughs) Faith is confidence in what we do not see. Bartimaeus was blind. He couldn't even see Jesus, but he heard He listened not to what the crowd was saying, but to what God was doing in other people's lives, what Jesus had done before. And he started listening to that crowd. And then he cried out and his faith began to build even more. And he cried out even louder. And then in one swift motion, he let go of everything that hindered him so that he could get to the healing that he needed. And I'm reminded of what Paul tells us one chapter over in Hebrews chapter 11. Paul says, Let us throw off everything that hinders us. Let go of everything. That's what Bartimaeus did. He let go of everything, everything that meant anything to him, and he ran to Jesus. Jesus said, your faith has healed you. You got to have faith, friends. You got to have faith. I want all eyes closed in this room. Bow your heads and close your eyes. My my altar call this this morning is real simple. I really believe there are some people here this morning who have been holding on to some things that have kept you from your breakthrough. I don't know what it is. Like I said, at the beginning of this message, I don't know if it's been hurt. I don't know if it's been unforgiveness. I don't know if it's what people said about you. I don't know if people have been telling you that you have never been good. You'll never make it your entire life. I don't know if it's been a coworker. I don't know if it, if, it, if it's been a best friend, whatever it is, Jesus is calling you this morning by name. He's calling you and he's saying, let it go. But you have a part to do. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. I'm going to ask you to to be like a blind man. Mm -hmm. Maybe Maybe you just need to sit where you're at and listen to what God is telling you. That's okay. Or maybe maybe you just need to cry out like a blind man cried out. That's okay too. Don't worry about what the crowd, a.k.a. the other people in this room, have to say or think about you. Maybe for you, you just need to get up and run after Jesus. Uh <laughs> huh. Whatever your breakthrough is, God wants you to have your breakthrough, but you can't receive your breakthrough until you're willing to let go of what you've been through. So here's what I want to do. This is my altar call. It's real simple. Do you have faith to believe that God's plans are bigger than your problems? If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask you to step out. That's it. Just step out. Go ahead and move now, whatever it is you need to do. Maybe you need to cry out. Maybe you need to listen. Maybe you need to come down to this altar and and receive what God has for you. But there's going to be some breakthroughs here this morning. Don't be afraid of it. Just step out. Go ahead and step out right now and just move. Just step out in faith. He can't do it until you're willing and ready to step out. Who's ready to get their breakthrough this morning? I wonder if there's anyone who's ready. been holding on to some things that you need to let go of. Get your breakthrough this morning. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030.